Let's talk about your uh, jump from uh, from Mac to Windows. Yeah. So. And uh, all that jazz. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I, um, I I posted a couple of blog posts about my switch to Windows. Um, basically, the yeah. first time I've been fully on Windows in about in almost a decade. It's about eight eight and a half years or so. Wow. Since the last time I actually worked uh, for my main like primary development machine. Um, mm. we've got a Windows laptop at home that my daughter uses, but that's mainly just like IT support from me. I don't really do any work on it or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, so now I'm uh, at work. I'm fully on Windows. I'm I'm using the Windows laptop now, right now as we record, and um, mm. it's been alright actually. I was a bit apprehensive about it at first. Thought you know it's going to be a big change, yeah. seeing as I haven't used it in the best part of ten years. But to be honest, not a lot has actually changed. Um, which obviously, what um, what laptop have you moved onto? Okay, cool. Let's talk about hardware. So, so I've given up a MacBook Pro, twenty twenty mm-hmm. model, I think it was. Yeah, it was the latest sixteen inch model, and um, that was uh, just whatever the, the top spec was at the time, which was like a, a two point six gigahertz. Um, i7, uh, which had 16 gig RAM in it. So good, good machine, good all round machine. Um, I've now moved on to a Dell XPS 15. Okay. Which has got the same processor, it's a 2.6 gigahertz processor as well. Still the six core i7, but it's got 32 gig of RAM. So similar, but you know, obviously double the amount of RAM, um, which was needed for the sort of stuff that I'm going to be doing on it. Hmm. It's it's a nice machine actually. It's I think it looks a lot better than the MacBook for sure. It's um it's got a very nice sort of sleek wedge shape. It, it looks a bit more like the MacBook Air than the Pro. Um, yeah, I just got it up right now. Just googled it. Just checking it out. Yeah, it does look really nice. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah, it's USB C. It's got three ports on it. It's got an SD card slot on it as well, which I don't really need really to be honest. But it's nice to have, I suppose. It would be nice to have a USB A as well, but. It's quite a thin laptop, so I understand why it's not there. Um, yeah, the form factor is... I mean, they're matching the MacBooks now, aren't they? They're trying to get it as sleek as those. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to switch everything to USB-C. It's just that there's so much history with USB-A that you know, there's so many devices that I haven't moved over yet. And um, yeah, sometimes it's not as simple as just buying a new cable. Um, but it probably is, actually, to be honest. But <laughs> who am I kidding? Uh, but it's expensive, isn't it, as well, to go and replace all your cables. So, but this Dell came with quite a nice little dongle as well. It's um, it's quite compact. I'll actually let me show you on the camera. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's got a USB A and a HDMI, and then the cable just like tucks into it. All oh, right. Yeah, that's handy, though. Uh... Yeah. So it came with that, and that just you know it's small enough to slip into your pocket fit into any bag or anything so that's pretty good now i think the legacy ports are really handy um you know if you've still got some kind of access to that using an adapter or something brilliant well the thing is on my desk i've got a usb c um a thunderbolt dock which i had my macbook connected to yeah and then that's got a bunch of ports so my screen my webcam you know my mic um all that sort of stuff goes into the dock and then i've just got a single usb c cable that was going into the macbook and um that was also giving me the power as well for the Mac. Now, the problem, everything works fine with this as well, with the Dell. 
but the Dell's power rating is a lot higher. So the MacBook was like a 96 watt power supply or something. And this one's 130 watt. Okay. I don't know why it's drawing so much more power. Maybe because of the increased RAM, but... RAM probably, yeah. Possibly, possibly. But I think it's more than that. I think it's just efficiency-wise. I think the Mac is just, you know, they've got it sussed. How to run a powerful machine on less power. So with this one now, the power delivery that comes from my dock is not enough. So it doesn't charge the laptop. So I have to plug in the set, the charger separately. So I've got two cables coming out of it instead of one, which is right, okay. not the end of the world. But, you know, my dock's got plenty of USB-A ports. It's got the headphone port, mic port. Um, it's got some USB-Cs on there as well. Um, hmm. So it's just easy. When I need to get off my desk, then I can just unplug that one cable and off you go. And everything on the desk just stays plugged in. That's a good setup, yeah. Yeah, so it's good. It's um, Overall, it's a good laptop. The keyboard's nice. Um, I much prefer it over the MacBook. It's got, you know, some proper key travel, a little bit of bounce to the keys. Um, and the trackpad is pretty much the same as the MacBook as well. It's almost identical in size. Um, and it's got all, like, the same gestures and stuff, swiping left to right, pinching, zooming, mm. and all that sort of stuff. So overall, yeah, really happy with it. Um you know, apart from having to get used to a Windows keyboard layout, again, yeah, it's it's been it's been quite a smooth transition onto the hardware at least. Mm, well, that's good. Software-wise, you know, that's a bit of a different story. But hardware's hardware's been good. And um, like with my MacBook, I had an external Apple keyboard. So with this one, I'm invested in a Logitech. Uh, it's called the Logitech MX Keys keyboard and mouse combination set. Yeah, that's yeah. I've used that one. It's a yeah. It's a solid keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, really good. It's actually really heavy. It's got the built-in battery, so it's a rechargeable one. And uh, yeah, surprisingly heavy, but obviously it doesn't move anywhere. It just stays on the desk. Mm. No, that's a good good choice on the keyboard, definitely. Yeah. Also got the MX Master Three mouse as well, which is nice. I think I saw your Instagram. I think it might have been your Instagram or your stories of that mouse. Yeah, I posted something on Instagram about it. Yeah. Yeah, really nice. Nice, good, good size, good weight. You know, fits in your hand really nicely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like Apple's design philosophy and everything is really nice. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's just stale. I think. I think it's changed in ages, especially with the MacBooks. They've just been like making everything a little bit thinner and lighter, but no real innovation on the shape or the design, or and especially the mouse as well. You know. It's just mm, yeah. I got a um. I got the magic mouse too recently mm. in in black or you know space gray, whatever you want to call it. And even that just feels it's really difficult to get used yeah. to because it's got the swipe. It's got all the gestures built into it as well. So even if you just casually just move your finger across it, and certain things are turned on, it will start you know messing about. Like for example, if I'm using um you know Photoshop style software it will start rotating my canvas for no reason if I'm holding down on command. Yeah. <laughs> like things like that, you know, it's really annoying, but I've kind of got used to it and I do really, I, I like it. I do like it, but it's not something, you know, I wouldn't go to recommend it to anyone. Like if you had to get a different mouse, get that one. Try, you know, just try and stick to traditional style mouse. Yeah. Because this is a bit much. It is quite a bit for what it is. It's nice for the gestures, but it's such a thin mouse. Uh, it, it, just doesn't sit comfortably in your hand for a long period of time. 
I, I can't get used to it. Like, it's just really awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I recommend this MX Master. It's really good. It looks cool though. It it, it looks nice. <laughs> That's the thing about it. Well, you saw last uh, when when they had their event, their last event, the the, the spring loaded event. They uh, they announced the new IMAX. They um, released a bunch of new keyboards and mice as well in the colours that match the IMAX. Yeah. But as far as I know, you can only get them with the iMac. You can't buy that keyboard or mouse on its own yet. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, enough of the hardware. Moving on to the software. Now, I'm just going to give you some of my experiences the last time I used Windows 10. Right. And from what I remember, um, the OS, because I, I actually did the upgrade from the previous version of Windows to 10. I can't remember what it was now. Was it 7? I can't 8, remember. 8.1. 8.1. Okay. So I did that upgrade and. It, Instantly, I just found it was a really clean-looking OS, um, and it was super fast as well. And you know, part of that might have been down to the PC that I was using it on, and the, I had a laptop as well. I was using a HP. Um, I can't remember the model number, but it was um, yeah, souped up. It was a souped-up laptop, um, so it was super fast to use. Um, you know, the iconic start menu was just still there like it, it had never disappeared it was there slightly kind of adjusted in its look but you know it operated the same way mm-hmm. um what else can i remember from it um uh, yeah the customization on it i found there's a lot more you could do with your customization you could really you know go into it and really customize the way it looked the way it ran and all that as well i found that was a pretty cool feature of it and uh, one of the biggest differences I found on that was the virus protection for Windows 10 was far superior than than what it was previously. Like the OS was a lot more secure, and it had some built-in features which help with it um, to keep it secure. Those are the main things I sort of noticed on there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, even now, I don't know when was the last time you used it. Oh man, it's been a while. It's it's been years. Well, yeah, it's probably been about six, seven years. Yeah, I mean, I'd still say that you know, it's. It's a good, solid operating system still. Um, first things I noticed when I switched over was because Windows is designed for touch interfaces as well, because so many Windows laptops do have touch. Yeah. Everything felt a little bit big for me first. Right. Mac OS, you got like nice sort of tidy, neat little icons for things. And, you know, you, you sometimes you need a bit of precision to click on things whereas with windows everything's sort of square blocky got lots of white you know empty space around things lots of like uh, the touch areas are quite big the click areas um but it is kind of kind of blends into the background quite quickly uh it was it was quite an easy transition in terms of apps most of the most of the apps that I rely on on a day-to-day basis were available on windows as well um, all the sort of web development stuff, uh, design apps. I mentioned last last time that, um, that I switched over to Figma, so that was fortunate because Figma's on Windows as well. So obviously if I was a sketch user, I'd be a bit stuck at the moment. But that all worked out fine. All the web browsers are, are fine. Um, I was Actually, do you know what? I suppose I should touch on why I've switched to Windows, but maybe we can come back to that in a second. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just thought of the web browser. Which is a hint as to why, um, <laughs> but you know, in all the all the web development stuff is all there. Um, it works quite well with the iPhone as well. Um, you know, you can do iCloud syncing. Okay. You can sync your photo library, sync your contacts. Uh, that's as far as I've gone. 
just photo library and contacts. Um, mm. You can't sync your notes and reminders unless you sync them to Outlook, which is... Right, okay. Yeah, it's just clunky because Outlook doesn't handle them very well. So notes and reminders and things like that, I'm still using just on my phone, uh, which on the MacBook I used to use on the desktop a lot. But then all the other like mm. third-party software that I use, like Notion and WhatsApp, um, yeah, like Zoom and all that sort of stuff, it's all it's all available. Spotify, everything's on Windows anyway. So transitioning over was quite easy. Yeah, you know, I've used Windows in the past, so still have plenty of muscle memory there uh, of finding my way around. Um, the only biggest challenge was just just remembering like shortcuts and things like that, and remembering that. Like you know, the, the positioning of things. Now the close icons are on the right. You know the desktop icons are on the left rather than the right. The menu bars on over to the left, not centered. Not the menu, the dock. Sorry. Um, you know, there's no top menu bar, which is that was uh, something that I'd get used to because with macOS, every single app has that top menu bar, and you always kind of know where to go when you need to find certain functions or parts of the app. Whereas Windows doesn't have that, have that. So I was spending a lot of time just sort of looking for things like settings or, you know, keyboard shortcuts and stuff like that. How, where to find these in, in certain apps? Because, you know, they're all different. There's no, there's no like consistent way to do things. So I think Windows could do some like, it could do with a bit of uh, like design language guidelines or something like that or mm. user interface guidelines. There probably are some, but clearly not everyone adheres to them because... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't need to. You're not behind that sort of wall garden that Apple has, where all the apps uh, are controlled by them. Where Windows developers can kind of just release whatever they want on their own website, and off you go. Yeah, I was going to ask that. You know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, obviously it's a, it's an issue. Yeah, if, you know, if you're switching between the two, and then all of a sudden you can't find simple things, then yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of adjust and yeah, get used to things. So on the Mac, you can normally press uh, Command and Comma. Uh, so I've kind of forgotten what key it is. I just get used to pressing it. So Command and Comma brings up the preferences for most apps on Mac. And um, a lot of the newer apps and a lot of the cross-platform ones have adopted that same shortcut on Windows as well. So VS Code, for example, you press um, Control and Comma, and that will bring up your VS Code settings. So you know, just talk about Command and Control. So, it, you know, you're not lost in everything, but it's it's the ones that are a bit more native to Windows that, you know, feel a bit, feel quite different to the way that they are on the Mac. Mm. Yeah, but so far, so good. Uh, you know, managed to customize the, the, the OS and just generally the layout and everything. Got it looking quite nice the way I want it as well. Uh, and is it, is it still the same case? Like you've got... There's a lot of options there to customize because that's what I remember last time that the customization on there was, you know, it's quite extensive. The amount of stuff you could do with yeah, it. Yeah, with Windows, it depends how deep you want to delve into it because what I found is that you've got Windows 10, right? And you've got, you go to the settings and they give you a bunch of options. And they're very like high level settings, which most people are going to want to change, you know, things like display resolution, maybe installing printers and stuff like that. But then, there's certain like there's certain settings where you maybe click on the advanced settings, and then it'll bring up a win another window, which looks like a Windows Seven sort of style or a Windows XP style. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, 
And the deeper you delve into Windows, like the more low low level setting changes you want to do. Like if you wanted to go and change the registry items, for example, right? mm, yeah. Then you're looking at a very old UI. They haven't updated any of that stuff. Mm. Probably for good reason as well, because they don't want, you know, they don't want it to be user friendly. They want it to be difficult to do. But what it just shows is that yeah, yeah. Windows 10 is not a brand new OS. It's never I don't think it's ever been built from the ground up, right? It's always been built upon the previous one. Whereas with macOS, it seems like, you know, whenever they release a, a big new version, it seems like they've started from scratch for a lot of things, especially with the most recent Big Sur. Have you you've got Big Sur on yours, haven't you? Yeah, because you've got a new Mac, so it came with it. Yeah, it came, came with it, yeah. So that, compared to the previous, um, previous version, what was the one before Big Sur? Um, was it Mojave? I can't remember now. Yeah. Why do they have names? Stick to numbers. I don't know. <laughs> Mojave, whatever it was. Quite different look and feel. Mm. But from what I gather, from what I've heard and what I've read, it wasn't just a, a skin change for this new version. It was a lot of a lot of the actual OS, low-level OS was rewritten from the ground up, which I think Windows could do with. They could do with clearing out a lot of the old legacy crap, which is still in there. Yeah, there's been a number of times, I just remember now actually, I've got some clients who I help, I shouldn't be helping them with this stuff, but you know, I do because, you know, there's relationships there and, and you know, they'll ask me to just use TeamViewer to kind of, you know, log on to their machines mm. and help set up their email and, you know, I'm providing that service, email management, hosting, etc. So I'll, I'll actively go in there and I'll just set it up for them and it's a really quick task. But then I noticed that legacy UI, you know, when you go into your settings and you've got to create a new account within Windows, it does break down to the older version of Windows. And you're like, hey, yeah, this is like Windows 3.1. Like, this is crazy. Uh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, that's true. That's that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange that they've got all that stuff lying around. And, you know, it's all it's doing is just adding bloat to the system, right? Surely... These, you know, these parts of the OS would have been written 15, 20 years ago. And I can't imagine they would have changed much. And they're probably having to jump through hoops just to make them still work. So hopefully, you know, one day Windows will release a brand new version of Windows, which is just get rid of all the crap that's not needed. Or maybe just like several versions. So they have, you know, you've got the concept of Windows Home and Pro and whatever else there is, Enterprise, whatever. Maybe the Home version right? They just strip out all of this rubbish that the average user doesn't even ever need to look at. Yeah, true. Yeah. Like, who needs to run a disk defragmenter these days? Why is that still there? Exactly, yeah. It's no not needed. That. You know, everyone's got SSDs now. You don't need that. It probably was never needed in the in the past anyway, so... It's just, it's yeah, it's a killer, um, especially if you've got SSD. It's just not needed. Yeah. Um, they... They should just keep it bare bones, and it, it could probably run even faster. You probably won't even need a super powered uh, hardware to, to get it running no, uh, exactly. at optimum levels. Yeah, but yeah, that's Windows. <laughs> no. Uh, cool. So moving on to the next bit, what what bits of it really do kind of stand out that you like? What features of Windows, you know, hmm. win? over you know the mac os i like that it's uh it's not so locked down um there's a there's a whole load of like 
utility apps available to customize themes and you know shortcuts and little utility app, apps in there which um which aren't part of the OS by default so there's a lot of that not to say that I've done a lot of it I haven't I've kept mine fairly simple and bare bones um it's quick it's very fast um it's definitely on par with the Mac mm. I wouldn't say it's definitely faster or slower uh, but then, obviously, this is quite a fast machine as well. Uh, it's quite a powerful, powerful laptop. I haven't really got any dislikes, I suppose. Mm. Uh, it might be easier to, to say that because I'm generally, I'm just quite happy with it. It does what I need it to do. It's pretty solid development sh- machine. Um, as a front-end developer, it was quite easy to, to switch over. A few things needed to be installed here and there. A few global settings needed to be changed for Git and for like Node and things like that. But it's all really well supported. Everything is now, and um, I think overall the development community is probably more supported on Windows than it is on Mac anyway. Yeah, it's just got a lot more history, hasn't it? Yeah, it has definitely. And like with the, yeah, the support side of it is going to be huge. There's so much more you can do, and you know if you've got questions, the answers to them are going to be yeah, we can do it this way. And there's always a solution. Whereas for Mac, there probably isn't. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's what I found. Yeah, it's just um, you know, because the Mac is. OS is a bit more locked down and yeah. you, you need to be a bit more of a power user to really get to where you want to go. Whereas Windows is a bit more forgiving, I think. Yeah. But also Windows does reveal a lot more to you, a lot more files to you, a lot easier. So it's, it may even be easier to make a mistake on Windows than it is on Mac. That's true. Yeah. That was one of the things. Yeah. It's, two, it's definitely two-sided coin, isn't it? Yeah, as one of the things I had, I remember with Windows was, yeah, you could get lost and you could easily just end up, you know, ruining something. Yeah, accidentally delete <laughs> yeah. a file, you know, in your in your Windows yeah. directory or in your System32 directory, if you accidentally delete something in there, it could have a nasty effect. Yeah, even formatting, like, was it FAT32 and... NTFS. NF, I can't even remember it now. Yeah, all that. Uh, yeah, there's these things to consider as well if you're moving, like hard drives between two different systems make sure that you're using the partitioning that's still a thing right partitioning your hard drive and uh yeah yeah yeah. well i mean that's the thing on, on mac as well but it's not something that i've done in a long time hmm. the os just handles that sort of stuff quite nicely as well yeah i guess when the os get, improves you know yeah there's probably just no need for it no not for the not for the average user i don't think yeah so it's, it's, yeah there's not really any standout things that i think wow but then there's also not really anything that I dislike. I think it's just it, it's just been a pretty simple lift and shift, really, uh, for most things. Um, yeah, I mean, the one thing I don't like is the Windows command prompt uh, compared to the Mac terminal. But that's just me. You know, there's not a lot of people who use the terminal all the time. I use it a fair bit. I use it every day at least. Uh, I'm not like a terminal power user, but I, I do rely on it. Um, but I found an alternative. I use an app called Commander, which is like a, an emulator. And uh, it emulates um, the the Mac-style terminal on Windows, basically. So all the, all the like, um, Linux commands that I used to use on the Mac, I can now use them on, on Commander as well and run them in Windows. So that's all good. That's handy, isn't it? Yeah, and I think... For you know newcomers to you know development and design etc. Like to get into again entry level machine 
it's always probably going to be better going for you know a windows powered laptop or something rather than spending big bucks on a you know on a macbook pro or you know macbook air or something like that i mean yeah your one is pretty expensive anyway but i think it's just easier isn't it just to find a cheaper laptop well yeah my, mine's a powerful machine obviously it's, it's it's provided by work um it's a it's a, a powerful development machine but you can start pretty cheap on windows you can you could pick up a laptop for probably around 250 to 300 pounds for a basic one. Um, and there's loads of secondhand ones available as well. The secondhand market for Mac is they tend to hold their price a bit more. The Windows ones don't as much. Um, what's the entry price for a MacBook these days? About a thousand? Gee, yeah, it's about a grand, yeah. Yeah, so mm, still not bad. I mean, if you wanted to go for one of the nicer Windows laptops, like a Surface Book or something, um, or like a Dell XPS or uh, even one of the nicer sort of slim slim and light HP ones, then you're probably looking close to a 1,000 as well. But there are cheaper options for if you are just sort of getting started, if it's your first laptop. Um, I think if it's like, if you're thinking of buying a laptop for your child or something as their first laptop, then I probably would go for Windows uh, just because of schools. I think most schools, especially in the UK, just still on Windows. It very rarely it, would you have a whole school running on on Mac. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they are. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I know somebody who's actually running a, a laptop donation um, sort of drive, like a campaign, and they've you know they've managed to like pick up you know a few hundred laptops. That's good. And donate them to schools. Uh, just to yeah and like you know kids are kids can actually start you know you you know when they're working from home or studying from home they're you know they can easily just access everything um just by using the, the laptop that they've just bought and i think i think it applies to anyone who wants to get into development who doesn't really have a huge budget it just shows that you know if you just find yourself second-hand laptop it's really easy to get uh, get, get involved with you, know, you don't need to spend big bucks on on any on a, on a MacBook or on a machine that you've got, um, yeah, for sure, especially with front end as well, because with with front end development, all the software is free as well. You don't need to pay for anything. All you need is a text editor, pick VS Code, pick Notepad, whatever you want, and a web browser. What else do you need? Um, so yeah, you can get exactly yeah best practice as well. Yeah, you can get started for free. No problem. We did an episode about this, didn't we? About we did. Yeah, that's what I'm flashing back to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about what it costs to get started in web development. Uh, what number was that? Let's have a quick look. November 2019. How to get into development for free. There you go. Yeah. So if you want to become a web developer, go check out episode. What episode number is it? Episode 27. How to get into development for free. That was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. I mean happy with the the sort of user experience of it um mm. just a few things that were missing with, but i've managed to replace like do you know how on um on the mac you can launch spotlight by doing command and space command and space yeah and then just typing right and then it does a spotlight search yeah so windows you can you can press the windows key and start typing and it can't, it does pretty much the same thing but it's more mm. geared towards launching apps that is right like where I used to use on Spotlight on the Mac was to do quick calculations or to run a web search. You know, you could you could do more than just launch apps from there, right? And um, so Windows doesn't have that. 
but uh, via Twitter, I found this uh, like a utility suite of apps called Power Toys, and um, you install that, install Power Toys, and it's got about seven or eight um, small utility apps, which are which are open source, developed by the community, and they bring some of these like little extra functionality to Windows. So one of them is called Power Toys Run. So that gives you um, the alt and space shortcut, and it gives you the same thing. It gives you a little text box in the middle of your screen where you can search for documents and launch documents from there. You can do like maths calculations, you can launch apps, you can do web searches and all sorts. It's basically a clone of Spotlight. So that's been really handy, having that. Um, it's also Power Toys Run. It's also got this thing called Spaces, I think. Uh, let me just launch it. Does it use Stacks as well? Because that's like a... I don't know if that was a Mac feature first or if that was a Windows feature on the desktop. You mean like in the dock? Not on the dock, like on your desktop. You can actually stack um, like uh, files, similar type of files like dot, uh, documents, oh, and okay. spreadsheets, etc. Images. No, I don't think it has got that. I haven't noticed really. That's interesting. I, I haven't haven't looked around for a feature like that. I don't really store a lot on my desktop, to be honest. But I might give that a test. Yeah, like when my, my desktop gets pretty busy, um, pretty quick. And then what I do is um, just to clean things up, I just use the stacks feature, and it just stacks like files together, and it clears a lot of space on desktop. And then afterwards, I can go in at the end of the day when I'm done. And just remove anything I don't need anymore. Usually, it's a lot of graphics that I've just been working on. Um, maybe even like you know um, CSS files, which I've just pulled and just need to quickly have a look at. Uh, yeah, it's a really handy feature. Yeah, I, I found that you know all these features that you miss from from the Mac, just a quick Google search, and someone's already built them. Um, so like you know when you do quick view, when you press the space bar on a file and get yeah. a quick preview of it. Yeah, there's a there's a Windows alternative for that as well, um, which I found. Um, I think it's I think it is called Quick View as well, or Quick Look is called. Um, works exactly the same. Um, it it doesn't prove you every single file, but you can get extensions for it as well. So you, yeah, other people again, it's an open source project on GitHub, and then people have extended it and added support for like Markdown files or SVG files or video files, whatever. Um, so I use that a lot. Because I've just got it in my muscle memory to preview video uh, files like that. Do you know how you can uh, on the Mac? I had an app called Better Snap Tool, which allows you to snap your windows into corners and things like that. Um, so on Windows, as part of the Power Toys, there's one called Fancy Zones where you can set up different screen layouts, different grids, and then you can snap certain apps into there. And uh, it, it remembers where you've put them, so you can quickly put them back into there whenever you want to as well. It's good. There's a lot of little utility apps like that. And part of my like blogging series about ex my experience of changing to Windows is I'm going to start you know, blogging about these things as well and hopefully become a bit of a resource about what it takes to switch from Mac to Windows. So I've, I've already published a, a post about my experience you know, of switching. And then I've published another one about the, the web development specific experience. So I'll probably do another one uh, in the series about these like utility apps, which are handy. Yeah, no, I think um, yeah, just we'll chuck the the link in the in in the notes in the episode notes. I think it's probably worthwhile sharing that and just uh, 
giving people some, um, you know, probably a more detailed outlook on what you've experienced and you yeah, know, definitely how the change has been for you, man. Definitely, I think that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things as well is um, I remember there was a sort of the older version of Windows. There was a, a suite you could purchase called Windows Blinds. I don't know if you remember it at all, but what it did was it it basically allowed you to customize the whole graphical user interface, um, rounded corners, all that kind of translucent, you know, transparent backgrounds, opacity, all this kind of stuff. It you know allowed you to really kind of change you know, pretty much everything and anything on there and get it more looking like the Mac OS at the time. <laughs> so it's just, it was one of those I don't know who created that I can't remember which team was responsible I don't even know if it's still around it is still around just on a search it was by a company called Stardock that's it Stardock yeah yeah I remember Stardock because I used to use their app called Fences do you ever use Fences? no it's a, it's a bit similar to what you were just saying about stacks right but it, on your desktop you can basically draw a little rectangle and it creates like a little pot and you can chuck files in there. And those little boxes that you chuck files into, they get their own independent scroll bars and you can expand them full screen and see just the apps that are in, the files that are in that box. So you basically, like the name says, is you're ring venting certain files. Got you, yeah. So instead of all of your desktop icons all being stacked to the left of the screen, you can have them all over yeah. the place in any shape you want. And you just draw these boxes around them and they stay in those boxes. That was a cool app, actually. Got you. Yeah, I've just loaded the startup website. They've they've actually got yeah they've got loads and loads of these little utilities now. Yeah, see, this is what I mean. Like a lot of this stuff's not, it's not in Windows, out of the box. But there's so many, mm. so many like developers out there who have created really good utility apps. Um, I might install Fences again because I used to use it a lot when this is going back. Like I said, ten over ten years now. I remember using this, so this app's been around forever. Mm. Yeah, nice. But uh, what's the one you just said? You said um, blinds. No, it's called curtains now. No, it's called curtains. Yeah, I've just just seen it now. So blinds has now evolved to curtains. <laughs> okay, shouldn't it be the other way around? Yeah, it should, shouldn't it? They got tiles as well and deskscapes and yeah, all sorts of stuff now. Mm. Yeah, looks nice though. The customizations do look nice. Gives you like the translucent windows the, with the with the blurred backgrounds. Basically Mac OS style, isn't it? Blinds is still there. <laughs> I've just found it. Oh, right. You can actually uh, turn your Windows 10 back into a legacy version, so you can go back to XP if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was listening to um, some podcasts recently, and do you know when on iOS, when the uh, when iOS 14 came out, they um, there was like a, a workaround using the Shortcuts app where people started customizing their iOS screens. I don't know if you saw that trend happening on Twitter. There's, um, do you know when they released widgets on iOS? Yeah. When iOS 14 came out, there was some, there were a few apps in the app store. Like one of them was called Widget Smith, which is probably the most popular one, which allowed you to create like custom widgets. And one of those widgets could be like an app launcher. So what people started doing is they started creating custom icons in a widget, which then launches an app. So, you know, you could have, right. you could have um, like Facebook launching via this widget, but the, fa- the icon of the widget was a, your own custom Facebook icon, basically, right? Right. So then there was this little trend. It didn't last very long, for a couple of months, 
right on Twitter and on Reddit and everything, there was crazy customizations of iOS. Mm. And um, obviously this made it onto all the like tech podcasts. So I was listening to ATP podcasts and they were talking about how they used to customize Windows as well back in the day. And how, yeah, you know, it is quite a desirable thing to do. And if if macOS did allow you to do it, I reckon some people will get really creative and make some really cool stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's just lockdown, isn't it? <laughs> I don't, I don't think I do it though. I think I'm, I'm, I like to keep mine fairly simple, and uh, I don't, want, I'm, I'm, I've got no interest in customizing it heavily. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, from what I've seen, from what I remember of it, uh, Windows 10 is very clean anyway. Uh, the look and feel is, you know, it's modern. It's just slick, isn't it? It's just minimal and there's nothing crazy about yeah. it, to be honest. And I think all that customization was more so back in the day when pe- people wanted their old school looking Windows <laughs> looking more like Mac OS. Yeah, it was something to do as well, wasn't it? It was just a way to show off your skills and bragging rights, but... No, forget that. Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. I think, um, you know, I didn't really touch on why I've changed. So the reason I've changed is because work has required me to change. Because, uh, yeah, the, the app that we build at work, um, it's a, a, an Angular front end and it's got a, a .NET C-sharp back end. And, um, yeah, just part of my job is evolving to uh, start working a bit on the back end as well. So as part of that, I've, um, I've basically switched to Windows um and i'm you know using visual studio uh not visual well still using visual studio code for the front end but then i'm using the full visual studio ide for for some of the back end work as well that that i'm going to be getting into slowly so over the next whatever however long it takes really cool so that's the main reason for it and um yeah like i said i was a bit apprehensive first i thought you know this is going to be a bit annoying i'm so used to using mac but to be honest been fine with it. Haven't really, haven't really missed the Mac much. Um, I've still got my own personal MacBook, which I use, you know, in my for, for like personal stuff. Mm. But you know, pretty happy now going forward. If I was ever to get a new laptop at work or even personal, quite happy to get a Windows one. I think it's I think it's fine. Uh, there's 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 nothing really that I've experience in macOS recently that's making me think wow i have to stay here other than the fact that i've got an iphone as well and it's just a little bit easier with an iphone yeah yeah i was going to say if you've got the family of apple products then it just makes sense right to have everything that's all we've got we've just got iPhone. Well, i've got an apple watch right but that don't really do anything with the mac right? yeah but we haven't got an ipad in our house we've just got me and my wife we've both got an iphone and that's it and the kids have got like android tablets so yeah, we're pretty, uh, pretty uh, fluid in terms of switching between Mac and Windows. Mm. Yeah, I, I did think about making a switch myself, um, but then you know the, the brand new MacBook Pro came out with the M1 process, and I thought oh, it just has to be done. I've got to get myself that. So you know, I don't. I think for the you know foreseeable future, I'll be a Mac user. But you know, I have you know built PCs in the past, so mainly for gaming purposes and um video editing and you know graphics and all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. and i still have a pc but I, it's never been fired up <laughs> since i started using a mac so i'm not in a hurry yeah to, to move um to to windows unless you know i get back into you know hardcore pc gaming <laughs> 
Uh, but you know, I pr- probably won't ever go back to it to be honest with you. But I've never done any PC gaming. It, it's yeah, it's one of those things. Like I, I was never kind of impressed by it until you know I went to I think it was my mate's place and he had this you know really powerful machine set up and it had a see-through case and lights and all this kind of liquid cooling uh back then that was a thing and and i could see him get running games on there like you know like it was nothing and my pc was like struggling you know (laughs) to to run to run a game and that's what got me into it i was like you know i need to you know get get my level up on uh building pcs and it's something to do it's something to learn and before I knew it, I, you know, I'd built like eight, ten PCs. I started building PCs for clients as well. <laughs> you know, they wanted to build a network of five or six computers in their offices. And I was like, can you help with that? And, you know, I did that a couple of times. And it was cool. It was a fun thing to do. Um, but, yeah, looking back at it, the, only, the main reason for me doing it was purely the gaming side of it, which was really fun once you built something really powerful the games you could run on it were just you know on another level yeah maybe one day i mean i can't do it on this machine this is a company laptop but um i'm not going to start playing games on See, it that, that's the that, that's the bonus right you, you've got that full customization you can literally go into the hardware and do what you want to do with it um but apple don't let you do that anymore like with these new model uh, macbooks everything's on the motherboard so you can't actually go in there and upgrade any part of it now no of course not yeah, well, they haven't let you upgrade anything for a while. So, especially at least not by yourself. You can obviously go to Apple and pay for it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, well, now you've got to pay like you know what is it, a grand for a logic board or something if you want to, you know, more RAM or you know hard drive, or whatever. Yeah. So I wonder if uh, wonder if it will become a trend when people start switching over. Don't know. Let's see. But um, yeah, watch this space. You know, I'll be uh, talking about Windows a bit more now on the on the podcast and just generally on Twitter as well, because that's where I am. So <laughs> this is not going to be a, a purely an Apple focused podcast as it was as has been in the past. It should be a bit more uh, across the board now. So any any Windows questions, ask me. Any Apple questions, uh, maybe still ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, I'll I'll um, I'll let you know how I get on over the next few weeks, I guess. Yeah. One one last question before we end this one: Does it still does it still crash unexpectedly? <laughs> now you've said it, right? <laughs> no, so far I haven't had any problems with crashing. Uh, hold on. Okay. There's one thing that I just thought of that's annoying: is Windows Update. It's still the same. Yes. It still just gets in the way when you don't want it. You know, it decides to run an update, you know, at 10 to 9 in the morning when you're just about to log on for the day. And it still takes just as long as it always has. That's interesting. Because on the, on the MacBook, you know, it asks you, would you like to schedule this update, you know, yeah. later on today? You know, sometimes it does. Like so sometimes it'll say that in, updates have been downloaded. Would you like to install them? Install them, yeah. It gives you the option to do it whenever you want. But every now and then... You know, still like on a critical update or something needs to happen and uh, it just does it in the background and gives you a little countdown. You know, Windows is going to restart in 56 seconds and quickly save your work. Just as you're writing a bit of code. <laughs> yeah, and what can you do, right? Yeah. You've got to let it do it because you can't just leave it. Um, so that's a little minor annoyance, but still there. 
Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, mm. all good. Cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, nice one. Cool. That's a wrap on Windows. More, more Windows talk to come in the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, got any recommendations this week? Recommendations? Oh, I started watching, um, I think it's on uh, Catch Up, um, Sky, uh, Mayor of Easttown. Okay. A uh, little detective drama with Kate Winslet in there. And I think only two episodes of it. I think the third one's out this week. But I, I just watched, you know, both episodes, one after each other, and it is really good. And it, it sets the whole scene up just after two. You know, some of these um, shows take a little while to start going, mm. getting on and telling you what's going on. This is literally just after two episodes, you know, situation, the town, all the characters, their pasts, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, it, you know, highly recommended, even though there's only two or maybe three episodes out at the moment. But yeah, definitely worth a watch. Okay, cool. Um, I've just recently started watching Snowpiercer. Have you seen that or heard about it? I've seen the film. I didn't know there was a film. There is a film. I believe there's a film, yeah. I'm pretty sure I watched it. Yeah. About the train. Snowpiercer. Yeah, yeah. The train that's going through like this ice age thing and it's just continuously going around the world, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah, Mr. Uh, the guy who plays Captain America is in it. Oh, right, okay. Um... I forgot his name, but yeah. Chris Evans. That's it, yeah. So there, there is a movie. It's on, I think it's on Prime. Ah, interesting. Well, I've just started the series, which is on Netflix. Okay. Uh, I'm only two episodes in so far, but pretty good, pretty good so far. So the concept is that, um, you know, the, the Earth went through a period of, like, overheating, and then due to global warming and so on, and then scientists tried to cool the Earth back down and they took it a little bit too far, and they basically froze it to the core. <laughs> so now the, temp the, like, the outside temperature on Earth is like a minus 100 and something degrees Celsius, so pretty cold. Yeah. Bit of a chill out there. And uh, the Snowpiercer is this 1,001 car train, which is just circling the globe with a few thousand people on it. I think it's got about 3,000 survivors on it. It's good, though. It's like, you know... Um, it's a good, it's a good representation of like class and society. Yeah, because that's how the film had it. You got the first class carriages, and then the second and third class, and they're the, all the people that had bought tickets to be on this train, uh, reserved a spot, and then you've got all the people who snuck on, and they're in this bit called the tail, and they're like basically the beggars and the the ruffians and stuff like that, where. They just get basic rations and they just get treated like prisoners, basically. So it's good. I'm gonna drop a little. I'm gonna drop a little spoiler here. You can't can't give me a spoiler. It's 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 a minor one. It's not like a major plot thing or anything like that. So all right. And it happens pretty soon, I think, in the film, where the first was I can't remember if it was it wasn't the, it was the like one of the last carriages. So they're trying to move up from the last carriage up to the front to get control of the train. And as they're coming out of the first carriage, they realise that the guards don't have any bullets in their guns. Okay. That hasn't happened in the series yet. It probably won't. It's just... Because it's, it's a film, right? It's more condensed. So it's just one of those things like... Yeah. Oh, shit. These guys have no... Like, there's no ammo in, in, in these guns. In that carriage, basically. But then as you get further on, they yeah. were. Yeah. In the, in the TV series... From what I've seen so far, the guards on the train don't actually use guns. They use um, batons and uh, 
not swords. They're like they've got like these like ice picks almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's more um hand to hand combat rather than bullets. Yeah, they, that's how they've. I think that's how they sorted that issue out then. Because in the movie, it was a major thing. Because everybody was scared, but the, you know, for no reason that like the guns had nothing in them. So, yeah, I think I'll watch that. Yeah, cool, man. All right, cool. It's good. Good stuff. We'll catch up again soon. Yeah, we'll catch you soon, mate. All right, nice one. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast player and feel free to drop us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at InspectFM and you can find the show notes for today's episode and a full archive of all shows over at inspect.fm.